and welcome to MindTap with Alternative Therapeutics. I'm Brittany. I'm Olivia. I'm Chase. And I'm Mary Beth. Today we're going to be speaking with Nick from Alleviant Health in Akron, and he's going to be telling us about their approach to integrative mental health. Nick from Alleviant Health is here to join us today, and we want to learn a little bit more about Nick and what they do at Alleviant Health. So Nick, just to kind of give us a little bit of background about yourself, I'm always curious as to how people got into this field in the first place. So would you mind telling us a little bit about how and why you decided to enter the field of integrative mental health? Sure, so I've been a nurse anesthetist since 2010. I graduated from the University of Akron's nurse anesthesia program, and uh, I love anesthesia and everything about it, but I've also been involved in holistic health since about that time. And so that, of course, deals with the mind, body, spirit. So although anesthesia is a bit part of that, you know, I might give 20 medications in an hour, so it doesn't sound holistic at all. (laughs) At least the concept of drilling down to the root cause, finding the right medication for the right symptom and going from there. So I've always been interested in how I was able to augment, at least temporarily, someone's pain or anxiety or depression. And so for me, it was just a natural fit of uh, what I do with Alleviant Health Centers of Akron, where, yes, we can help in the short term, but how do we stretch that out for the medium and long term to actually make a difference and make people's lives better instead of the concept of, oh, you know, just come here every week or every month and this is just what you do as almost a tradition of helping yourself mm-hmm. without often really feeling any better. Yeah, that's awesome. And you kind of started to answer my next question, which was um, help us to define what integrative mental health is because I was you know, looking over your website and everything and that term is mentioned several times, integrative mental health. And, you know, I think we're coming to realize that that's, that's, we can define ourselves that way too. Um, so for you, you know, what, what do you, what does that term mean? Sure. Well, I think integrative itself means that you're using a lot of different modalities, like how now you guys are working with revitalized med. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a perfect fit because they can do the functional medicine when they realize, okay, this isn't hormones. They need to really talk to someone else. And you guys are right there. Um, obviously, you know, we've talked before about the importance of referring patients to the precise practitioners they need, but it can be more difficult if you don't simply walk them across the hall and, okay, here's who you need to meet. Sure. So that's part of it, of using several modalities. Like at our clinic, it's a psychiatrist, it's a therapist, it's me with my uh, pharmacological background and anesthesia, and it takes all of those paths. But I do think that when we start throwing around words like integrative and holistic, um, that we have to be careful that it's more than just a buzzword because mm-hmm. often all that means is I'm a standard medical practitioner and I Googled an herb and so I'm now integrative. <laughs> or the opposite where, okay, I really know alternative medicine, but I've learned the word hypertension and so I'll use one or two medical words so I see more legitimate. So mm-hmm. uh, I think in integrative we have to be careful that we don't assume that because we're skilled in one field, that it'll automatically transfer to another one, even if the theme is the same. 
Yeah. Um, but for me, it's more the concept that rather than looking at something narrowly, saying, okay, this is a um, an issue where you don't have this neurotransmitter and we will give you a pill that will provide more of this neurotransmitter. But it's more of like, okay, we have six or seven different options and see, let's see which one of them fits best for this patient, what will have the best results in the shortest amount of time. Yeah, that's a that's a really good way of, of explaining it. I think you're right. I think those buzz, buzzwords of holistic and integrative do get thrown around a lot. And I, I too, you know, hesitate sometimes to use those words because I think it's so common now. And I think it's misused in a lot of a lot of aspects. So I appreciate you you touching on that as well. And I love big words. Big words are my favorite words. <laughs> and then I realize, okay, so this patient and also this physician and everyone in my life is nodding and smiling and there's a, a glazed look like a donut slowly crossing their eyes. And yes. I slowly realize like the option is not, the goal is not for me to sound smart. Mm-hmm. The goal is for me to effectively communicate what options will work best because you know we can nod and smile all day but if we don't quite understand it we're not going to get on board with what the best plan is yeah i think we can all relate to seeing that look on our clients from time to time it's like okay none of this is sinking in let's try a different way of explaining this yeah um so you again you've you've done a great job of answering my question so far so you've already kind of answered this a little bit but how is alleviant different than more of a traditional um mental health or psychiatry practice what what's different about the way that you guys approach treating mental health sure well of course one of the main differences is me that um, what i do as a nurse anesthetist is only a small part of uh our practice but for example we use ketamine infusions for PTSD, anxiety, depression, pain management, uh, and honestly, for a lot of our pain patients, by using more of a mental health approach, uh, we can get rid of the pain with a lot lower dosages and a lot less fuss because if we can take away some of the underlying emotional and often even spiritual issues, uh, we find that the migraines, the fibromyalgia, uh, those type of problems tend to go away on their own once you're addressing the root cause because and i realize i'm speaking to the choir right now Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. trauma needs to express itself and if it can't do so in your mind it will find a way to do so in your body to send the signal that there's something here that needs to be processed and the mind the soul the spirit the body they have not been able to process it so this symptom may change as we try to treat it and chase it but there will be something there until we either walk through the grief or understand what happened to us or something to that extent So uh, the ketamine infusions and the spravato, which is like a nasal version of ketamine, that is one thing that's very different about us Mm -hmm. um, and the ways that we can navigate insurance and all of those hiccups to make sure that the patient gets what they need. Uh, Because as you know, it it can be so tangled that it's one thing to say, here's the right thing for you. It's another to say, here's an affordable and a sustainable way to get the care that you need so that you won't start a process that you can't finish that's one of our passions that there's at no point are we going to start something without a goal of where are we going how are we going to get there what's plan b Mm -hmm. that sort of thing and then the other unique thing obviously our philosophy is rather unique and it matches well with what you do of let's get some results let's not focus on a particular dogma but just what will work best for each patient a very hyper-focused individualized approach and then uh, the transcranial magnetic stimulation is another tool and again, similar to neurofeedback, 
these are just tools. If it's the basis of mental health, then it simply becomes a shiny new thing. And uh, once the novelty fades, so will the effects. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's a way that without medication, we can treat anxiety, depression, uh, PTSD, OCD. And that's honestly a reason why a lot of our patients are therapists and practitioners, because they can see that we have these powerful methods, but we can do so without doing any harm or confusing their liver with another five drugs or something to that effect. Sure. Um, and, and beyond that, it's just the fact that, you know, with both therapy and psychiatry, we can usually be available uh, within a week or so. And often I let patients just kind of wander into the clinic because right now with COVID, no one wants to go into an ER and urgent care, whether they're having a mental health or mm. a migraine crisis or anything like that. So it's just sort of meeting people where they are and lining up the right tools and Obviously, as, as you know, referring patients out when we feel that somebody has a better tool than what we have at our disposal. Yeah. And that's really good to know, too. So you guys are able to offer walk-ins and, like, you know, within a week or two, get people in for psychiatry? Because that's, like, unheard of, as you're probably aware. <laughs> right. So for our current patients, it is sort of walk-in. Like, mm -hmm. I had a patient text me today, like, hey, can I come in for this or that? Um, and that does allow some of the... Um, some of the anxiety with mental health to dissipate because they know that we'll be there when they need us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it is, again, just a sort of different approach where if we can deal with things rapidly, then it, they won't be as big of a deal. And as you can probably tell by a conversation, we tend to be a more casual place anyways. So it's not the stiff formality of, well, wait, we, we can't see you until three weeks and let's fill out these forms first and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So... Yeah, kind of lowers the uh, the threshold for entry and people can feel more comfortable walking in the door because it's just a more approachable method, I guess you could say. Right. So I told a patient yesterday, because they're really feeling bad about their struggles, I was like, well, you don't put on your makeup before you go visit the dermatologist. Like, mm -hmm. they want to see you for who you are and what you are and where you are right now. And that's perfectly fine. And so when you have that trust, then you can find out what's at the core of the issue right away without some of the surrounding details that often just distract us from what we really need to focus on. Yeah. I've never heard that before. You don't put on your makeup before you go see a dermatologist. That's so good. Like, <laughs> Thanks, because so I was probably going to forget it. I come up with all these things, and the next day I'm like, mm, I said something real smart yesterday. What was it? <laughs> well, that so was you'll smart. remember this for me, and you can keep it to your, for yourself, because I'll, I'll forget. <laughs> We'll start using it. It's a good one. I like it, yeah. Because I have so many clients that are just come in and they're like, I'm sorry. It's like apologizing for mm -hmm. how they're feeling or how they're acting or whatever. And I'm like, I need I need to see this. Otherwise, I'm not going to know how to help you. Right. right. So it's... And, and it goes both ways. Like, because a lot of what we have is very effective for getting patients off of the medications. There was a patient last week where I said, um, you don't need to come back. You're you're fine. Mm -hmm. You've done what you need to do. You don't need to see our therapist. You don't need to see our psychiatrist. Like you have our number. Come mm -hmm. back if you need us, but we don't need to finish these appointments just because your insurance said they'll pay for it. Sure. You know, and and I think that's a nice thing too that it goes both ways. That don't hide how bad you are, but also be okay with not needing us anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good stuff. Um, with 
you, you talked a little bit about ketamine and, and anytime I mention that to people as an option, their eyes just kind of like either light up or they're just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, so yeah, tell, tell us a little bit more about ketamine assisted therapy. Sure. So it is like grapefruit juice where everyone has an opinion about it, regardless of what knowledge they may have of citrus products. But um, it is so historically psychedelics are sort of like the rich white man's way to therapy. C can we get real? Is that okay on your podcast? Oh, really? <laughs> so it's sort of a thing where if you have a lot of money, you can go through the legal loopholes mm -hmm. and whether it's uh, ayahuasca or psilocybin or, or whatnot, um, that's something that upper class white people would do. They would travel to Peru, they would go to a church and, and then that, and so, and that, honestly, that's why we started doing Spravato since Medicaid will often pay for it. It's like, well, Whatever therapies are out there, they should be available for all people and they should be accessible to those who need it most, not based on price range or socioeconomic status. Um, but it's extremely controversial, at least obviously the agents I listed. In ketamine's case, I've used it in anesthesia for over a decade and it's well established with studies for its use in pain, in psychiatry, um, but it's often not a first line agent. Now there's rare cases where we can just see the pattern of a patient's disease process where, well, let's do this now because otherwise we'll do it in five years and you'll have failed 10 other medications. Uh, but we do specialize in treatment-resistant anxiety and depression. So the way that it works is it forms new neural networks in your brain so you can bypass the cycle of depression or anxiety or the pain that keeps coming back. So instead of most drugs, um, for example, uh, something like Prozac uh, when you're talking about mental health or Neurontin where you're talking about pain, where it might dull the unhappiness, but you sort of feel numb. Mm -hmm. So ketamine has the exact opposite effect where it will awaken parts of your brain that you aren't using. And with that increased capacity, uh, you can get new insights and new ways to deal with what's going on in your life. So in some cases, honestly, our patient might not feel better, but they have this incredible resilience that they didn't have before. So they're actually functional. And so that's what I tell patients that, you know, the opioid crisis came about because people were out of pain, lying on their couches and not functioning. And there's a mental health crisis that's similar. So we really look at how can we get you to have a job, live a better life, do what you need to do. Um, but at the same time, because ketamine works directly on the brain instead of bypassing it for a month while it's seeking for the right neurotransmitter, the way some psychiatric drugs might, uh, it's almost immediately effective for some patients. So then they're more willing to do the yoga, start eating better, do those little subtle things that at first no one is willing to do if they say, well, I've tried like seven yeah. pharmaceuticals and that didn't work. Why yeah, am I going to start eating avocados now? <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's, it's part, there's a spiritual component to it. Uh, there's a neurotransmitter component with glutamate and a host of other receptor sites. Um, but a lot of it is it works best through therapy. So we do, a because I'm not competitive with anyone, I do allow patients to even have telehealth appointments with their own therapist while undergoing it. Um, because, me yeah, a lot of what we do, I feel, <laughs> because it was such a struggle to, you know, we have some pretty intense technologies. And so I don't think they're for us. I think they're for the entire area. So I'm always working with psychiatrists and therapists to see how we can augment what they can do with their patients. Because obviously... Um, a lot of times patients really love their providers, 
but they still aren't well, so they have that terrible choice of, do I leave this person I have rapport with? Do I settle for this? And so we can kind of take that out of the equation and allow another treatment option while still helping them stay with the person they're comfortable with. That's so, so cool. So um, as somebody who's never done ketamine-assisted therapy, can you walk me through, like, the experience for the client? Sure. So uh, by doing it as an IV infusion and because of my experience as a nurse anesthetist, um, we can be very precise at what effect we need. So there are some patients where what they really need is complete disassociation, meaning that um, they're not completely sure where they are or who they are, and the ketamine is working on their brain to repair it, um, and it needs to be more intense. But for other people, all they need is um, the chance to open up, to be able to kind of examine parts of themselves, sort of see the ego for what it is, uh, understand their trauma a little better, and that allows them to kind of open up with a therapist. Um, and a lot of times for us, what we'll do is our therapist will help in the integration process maybe a day or two later. Um, but for specific patients, it's also useful during. So it just really depends. Um, and yeah, it, it can be, a, like I said, an intensely spiritual approach um, from many angles. I have some patients where um, if they're Amish, we'll play hymns. If they're a Christian, we'll play some worship music. I have many people from different New Age backgrounds as well that come to our clinic. Mm -hmm. um, and even atheists who still say this was an intensely spiritual experience. And, you know, I don't know how to process it, but I have touched the sacred here. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it really depends on where the patient is and which angle we need to take. For some of them, it's all about the pharmacology and the receptor sites that we're hitting. Mm -hmm. And for others, it's all about um, let's kind of get inside of you and find out what's going on in a deeper level than you've been able to before. Hmm. We're all just like <laughs> speechless over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, it, it's still a very small minority of our patients who need this sort of thing. A lot of times, you know, we, I mean, we do traditional psychiatry too, and sometimes you just need your Zoloft refilled, and that's all there is to it. So I think that's important too, that when we, uh, I mentioned this to a patient the other day, sometimes we might be at 80% and we're like, do I need to take this next step? It might get me to 100% mm. or perhaps the striving, the effort to be everything that we want to be will actually take us down to maybe 60% functioning because we're so focused on having it all, mm. which as I'm sure you tell your clients, you really can't. You have to change what you can, but accept that life will never be Instagram. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's you guys keep that one too, because I will forget that one as well. Be, yeah, <laughs> knife will never be what someone else's Instagram feed. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I like what you said about it supplementing therapy because you know we part of our goal in this podcast is to be a, a resource for other therapists and to talk about you know therapy issues and things like that. Um, and I, as a as a therapist, I think it sounds really interesting to have a client go through this process and have new insights or have new, you know, realizations and things like that so that they can bring it into the therapy session and really process what that meant for them. And I'm just like, let's do it. Let's all do it. Let's sign up. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it right. and, and many times it's a limited process too, where I'll tell a patient, look, you, you have a really good support system. You have some really good providers, 
I don't think you'll need us very long. Let's just get you to the next level. Mm-hmm. And then, and of course, there's other patients, um, you know, maybe they've been actively suicidal for weeks or months. And it's like, okay, we need to do what we need to do. And you may be with us for a long time. And that's all there is to it. So I think that goal setting is really important too. Yep. Anyone else thoughts or questions? I don't know. I feel like I've learned a lot today. Mm-hmm. What questions to even ask? Yeah. So some of the other therapies that I saw on your website, just if you can touch on briefly the um, TMS and TBS. I don't know that we talked about TBS when I visited you. Can you tell me a little bit more about those sure. things? So the TBS just stands for data burst stimulation. It's a way that the transcranial magnetic stimulation works. So uh, there are several different companies that have transcranial magnetic stimulation and really it just gets into the weeds of why this machine's better than that. And sure. I don't really put much to most of that, but we, we can do treatments that are short as 40 seconds to deal with anxiety because I'm a very practical person. And uh, even the concept of, well, you know, it's almost like an MRI, but it's only for a few minutes. And, it's painless, you still don't want something drawn out or strange if the very reason someone is there is for anxiety. And mm-hmm. obviously, I, you know, for, for ketamine infusions, I put in an IV in what seem to be very anxious patients, but by numbing the skin and using tiny IVs, it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. So the concept is that it helps when we have technologies that we can treat people very quickly, they can drive themselves home in the case of TMS. Uh, and for the anxiety protocol, for example, um, I think it's the best thing out there for anxiety because there's so few medications and the ones that do work are, it's very unwise to take them for any extended period of time. So if you can kind of back away from that, uh, it just works so much better. Yeah. And again, the, the, the idea is more that you're inhibiting or stimulating specific neurons, whether it's, mm-hmm. I've been depressed and so these neurons are dormant and they're not really contributing to my brain function or I'm anxious and all these thoughts keep firing and we just need to calm that down. Sure. So neurons being overactive or underactive, let's wake them up or calm them down. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a very similar way to neurofeedback, which is what we had talked about when we met initially. It's like, you know, we have different tools, but at the end of the day, they're all working on neuroplasticity, our brain, our brain's ability to, you know, change and, and regulate itself. And so, mm-hmm. The opportunities are endless. And they work really well together, too, like peanut butter and chocolate, where you need Mm -hmm. much less of both and for Mm -hmm. less amount of time. So Mm -hmm. we've had a lot of success with that sort of approach, too. (laughs) 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 Nick and your analogies, I love it. Uh, Right, because a lot of what I do is in this puzzling space Mm -hmm. um, that many people don't really have any background in, I do tend to speak mostly in analogies um like i tell my patients for a ketamine infusion so what's going on right now is you have a a lot of books on the floor and this ketamine will simply sort them into a bookshelf for you so you can kind of organize your thoughts and your experiences and your griefs and your traumas and your future expectations into something that makes sense for your brain something you can understand and be comfortable in your own skin for once so yeah I, i think those concepts really are important in um, and how we get better. Like, how can I understand this in simple terms? And then I'm okay with it. Yeah. 
I love a good analogy, and you've just given us a whole boatload to start using with our own clients. So, <laughs> right. I mean, these analogies—it's like a brick sailing on a warm summer breeze. And oh, okay. Well, I had to do good ones before then. <laughs> you've taken it too far. Taking it too far. <laughs> All right. Well, Nick, thank you so much for your time and for joining us today. And I just really appreciate, you know, the, the insight and knowledge that you've given us. And I think we're all super excited to, you know, send some, send some patience your way because we've all got a handful that it's like, all right, what's the next step for this person? So. Sure, absolutely. And it's alleviant.com. Our number is uh, 330-754-4844. So it can be an official referral or patients can just call us whatever works best sure thanks so much for having me guys <laughs>